welcome to I Guess We're Grownups Now, the podcast about being an adult. I am your host, Carrie Halstead. If you're one of those people who listens to episodes right when they come out, I want to acknowledge that it's been a while since I recorded and released an episode. Life has been happening around me. I've had some interesting things happen. I lost my job and then I found a new job. I've also been on a few trips. Uh, traveling to Germany and Portland. And that's what today's episode is going to be about. I'm joined by my friend Aditi and we talk about traveling. Show notes for today can be found at goodstuff.fm slash grownups slash 18. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to I Guess We're Grownups Now. I'm Carrie and joining me today is Aditi Garg. Welcome Aditi. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Aditi is an acquaintance of mine from Saskatoon, so we know each other just a little bit. Um, And we are here today to talk about traveling. That's a thing that grown-ups do. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) In the three weeks or so that most people get. That's right, yeah. It kind of does cut into vacation time or it can. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So before we dive in too deeply into our topic, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a teacher in Saskatoon, so I actually get a little more vacation time in my summer holidays, Uh, but I do also have my break scheduled for me, so I can't take advantage of the seat sales, but that's okay. But yeah, I'm passionate about math and science and outdoor education, nature education, and uh, yeah, I've been in Saskatoon since 2001. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you ever listen to, I guess, for Grown Ups Now? Have you listened to any of the episodes? Only a few. And I listened to your previous podcast. Yeah, yes. The Parenting Podcast. Parenting Podcast. Yep. But uh, yeah, I listened to a couple in preparation for this. <laughs> so what, so. Do you, what do you get out of it? What resonates with you about the grown up experience? Uh, I I was really interested in the speaking talk mm. or, or the public speaking because as a teacher I feel like I do that regularly yeah. and it uh, kind of becomes habit and you don't think about it daily. So it was a good reminder on how to structure yourself or how to plan your public speaking a little better even daily. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. Even a phone call with somebody can be an instance of public speaking and you might not think about it like that Mm -hmm. yep for sure cool okay so um when I started thinking about um doing an episode about travel it was because I had recently traveled to Germany my husband and I took a 10-day trip to Europe um I had never been before and it was just a neat experience and when I got back from that I thought oh I should do an episode and I know that you um have traveled quite a bit. I follow you on Twitter and Instagram. So I've seen, you know, bits and pieces. So tell me a bit, tell us a bit about some of your travels recently and what they've been for and where you've gone. And Sure. Well, first of all, Germany, that's so cool. I think it's great that you went there for 10 days and did it fully or as fully as you can in 10 yeah, days. Exactly. <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, recently, uh, last year, I was doing my master's in Edinburgh, Scotland. Wow. So that was a full year. 
12 months, although we uh, cut it down to 11 months because in our last month, we decided to do um, a walk across Spain called the Camino de Santiago. And that was a one month trip we did from the border of France all the way to the coast of Spain. You, the other coast of Spain. You walked across Spain? Yeah, we walked across northern Spain. And I'm sorry, I'm saying we. I'm talking about my partner, uh, Christy Young, right. who is also on Twitter and who you know a little better. But uh, yeah, so the two of us, we went to Edinburgh for 11 months and then we did a month in Spain. So that was my last year of travel. And then I guess I did a trip to India in December and a trip to China while I was in Scotland. So been a busy year it has yeah <laughs> passport must be looking impressive mm-hmm. so how did you find out about the uh spain walking trip like how did that come across your radar as an idea to do a few years ago there was a film that came out and it's called the way with uh martin sheen and his uh son directed it emilio estevez mm-hmm. And it's a great film. Uh, it's about, you know, parent-son relationship and then this journey, but an, an actually a physical journey that brings them closer together without giving away too much. Um, and so after I saw that movie with my family, we thought, oh, we should do this together. It would be really cool. Um, and then kind of put it on the back burner. And I've been teaching. I taught a film course two years ago to, in high school. And in that film course, we st- we took Journey as a whole topic, and we watched films set in Edinburgh, in Europe, the Camino, and it was just one of those things that I've always felt that a physical journey could have a spiritual journey with it, wow, or would embody a, a spiritual journey. And so, Chris and I figured we were in Edinburgh, we were close enough. There's cheap enough flights to get to Spain, so why not? So, we uh, packed our bags, our little backpacks, and off we went. Wow. Mm-hmm. And were you staying, were you tenting along the way, or did you stay at buildings? Well, the great thing about the Camino is that because it's been around since the Middle Ages, there's quite a, an industry built around it. Uh, there are what they call albergues, so little hostels, um, every 20 kilometers or so, even sometimes closer than that spaced along the way and they're only for pilgrims for people who are completing this spiritual journey Mm -hmm. and uh you just pay a small fee and some of them include your dinner some of them include laundry facilities so it's a good deal wow that's Mm -hmm. really neat i've literally never heard of that before not i'm not that into travel but but that's something i've yeah that's really amazing that such a that so many people, it's such a, like a well-beaten path. Yeah. Um, yeah. That there would be this industry around it. And wow, that's really neat. Yeah. It's interesting you say well-beaten path because it definitely feels that way. It's not hiking the West coast trail. It's not a Pacific coast or, you know, it's not something very rural. It's very urban for oh, a lot of it. So people seem to think they're going in the wilderness and need their hiking boots and extra water and all this thing. But there are water fonts like every five, 10 kilometers. There are people, you're on sidewalks, on roads, and you are literally walking on parts of it. You're walking on Roman roads. So it's pretty cool. Wow. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your earliest memories of traveling? Um, 
my earliest memory of traveling is actually in a U-Haul van with my parents mm-hmm. uh, when we moved from the States to Canada. So that would be my earliest memory. And that was when I was two and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember being really excited. I got to sit in the front between my parents in this U-Haul truck. And I don't even remember if there were seatbelts, but it was cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's, yeah, that's a, moving homes is such a, a journey, like a, a story trip as well. That's very true. And I have lived in a few places, so I feel very connected to those places where I've lived. So yeah, you definitely feel that same connection when you travel. We, we moved quite a bit when I was a kid and, and pulling up your old life and making a new one was something appealing to me. And yeah, I've never really connected it with travel before. Although I do have a sense that I get restless after a while and that travel satisfies that restlessness. Oh yes, I definitely feel that way. And my father is very much the same. He mm. never he's never spent more than 10 years in one city his whole life wow. and it's still to this day something where he feels he needs to go and try something different. Yeah. It's not yeah, it's not the same otherwise for him. That is his same. His same is movement. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's an interesting way of thinking about life. Mhm. Have you been back to the places where you lived? Sometimes, yeah. It's mostly around Saskatoon, like up and down the Yellowhead Highway. Um, uh, I was born in Lloydminster and then moved to Saskatoon and Radisson and Lashburn and back to Lloydminster. So I we travel through it sometimes if we're ever going to Edmonton. And I drive by and look at old houses that I used to live in, and that's kind of neat. Yeah, I spent most of my childhood in Winnipeg, and that's still one of my favorite things to do. It drives my partner crazy, but we, we drive by the houses and three different houses and then my old schools and yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I love telling my kids, there's the house I lived in when I was your age. And they're like, oh, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's then fun. you go and creep in the backyard. <laughs> no. I would never <laughs> totally have done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, what kind of valuable life lessons do you think you've learned through your travels? Uh, you know, I really relate culture to food. Mm. So for me, if I have a good meal on a trip, then I will remember that and I'll think warmly about that culture or that place. Mm-hmm. So for me, food is definitely something that I've learned to relate to a place. I traveled by myself to San Francisco a few years ago and food was really a big part of that. I remember particularly my first meal there, which was my most expensive meal there. I think I spent like a hundred bucks. Like I got, you know, appetizer and oysters and then main course and then dessert and drinks with every, like it was like, I just spent all the money on that and it was amazing. I think it was wow. a place called Town Hall. Town and Hall. I just took huh. my time and loved it. And then the next day, I went on a walking tour of Chinatown and mm. had dim sum, like basically from a little dirty little store on the corner um, for $6. And it was like this super contrast. And it was the most amazing. It was equally an amazing meal. And it was like, it's so neat. You can go to these places where you can have 
these extremes of, you know, super expensive, super sit down, you know, formal, nice place. And then $6 to equally stuff yourself the next day in a completely different kind of restaurant. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Especially in San Francisco, you can find so many little pockets and I feel like you need to know a local almost to get to some of those places. Mm, Yeah, totally. Although I did have pretty good chowder at their Fisherman's Wharf or whatever. So the most touristy place, but chowder in a bowl. It was delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of nice going to urban places sometimes because you have that real concentration of of all kinds. If you just want a safe meal, like at a tourist place, you just it will be there. But if you mm-hmm. want to take a risk, it will also be there. Interesting you should say that because I do have a travel tradition and it's that I have to find McDonald's in every country <laughs> I visit. <laughs> I'm laughing really hard because we totally found McDonald's when we were in Munich um, yeah. like a month ago. And yeah, Mark was and- so excited. And their menu was probably just slightly different. Right. But did they have anything unique? I didn't go in because it was really crowded and I'd about had it that day. But Mark went in. Uh, I'd have to ask him. They probably had currywurst, which is basically chopped up hot dogs and ketchup with a little curry powder on it. But I'll have to ask him. Yeah, because I think it's the coolest thing. And in fact, when we were doing the Camino in Spain, we're going through these smaller towns. There's no McDonald's. We got to a big center and we spent almost a whole afternoon tracking down one McDonald's. It was hidden in a park. I had never seen this before, but it was you couldn't drive there, really. It was in the middle of a park (laughs) and it was the only McDonald's we saw on the entire trip. (laughs) But I had to go there. (laughs) So... uh... Other than the one on the Camino, what other strange McDonald's have you been to then? Um, Taj Mahal, outside of the Taj Mahal. What? Yeah, like 30 minutes from the Taj Mahal, not directly outside, but like 30 minutes from the Taj Mahal, there is a McDonald's, so I had to stop there. What do they have in Indian McDonald's? Um, The things that are most popular, it's what, it's their Big Mac, essentially, but it's called the Maharaja. Oh. which means king. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the chicken Maharaja, I think is what it's called. And uh, it's okay. But my favorite thing is they do this um, wrap with paneer and paneer is a, a kind of cottage cheese. Yes. So it's a paneer salsa wrap. Huh. So it's kind of got like Mexican flavors and then it has paneer and it's amazing. And it's my favorite. I think it's my favorite McDonald's item globally. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I wasn't impressed with McDonald's in China. I tried one of their local like chicken sandwiches and right. it, the sauce wasn't to my taste. Hmm. But uh, yeah. And I find the fries always taste the same everywhere. It always surprises me. They must have those like down to a complete science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're never even, they don't even change. Yeah, they've never changed. <laughs> no, yeah, they're the same, which I think is nice in some ways. Yeah. Chris loved that they had beer at McDonald's in Spain, which oh, I think they do in other parts of Europe as well. Probably. But, they yeah. have beer literally everywhere, especially in Munich. Mm-hmm. You could walk around in public with a beer. Yeah. Which was <laughs> eye-opening. And people were responsible with it. Beer in public and and off-leash dogs in public. 
were totally oh. fine. And it was like, but there was, I saw zero abuses of that. Like there were no badly behaved dogs and there were no stumbling drunks. It was amazing. It's the same with dogs in Edinburgh, but not drunks. <laughs> <laughs> no comments. Yeah. But no dogs. It's amazing. They're so well behaved yeah. and people just walked next to their dog. Or I guess the dogs walked next to the people. I'm right. Whichever order. We were uh, in a restaurant in like a crowded small restaurant, not a big, like, it was a nice, like classy restaurant in Munich and the lady brought her dog in. You're like, really? Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Hmm. Like, huh. That is interesting, yeah. <laughs> I find it hard in Saskatoon to find establishments where you can take a dog. Um, you know, if you just want to, we were babysitting a dog for a while and I wanted to just go get some groceries or right. something. But then, so I called and they were like, no, we don't. There's a couple places I was really surprised you could take your dog. I'm trying to remember where it was, but oh, Outer Limits, which oh. I thought was nice. Yeah. So. Yeah, they were good about that. So a couple of those smaller places on Broadway, I think we went one afternoon and that was great. It's an interesting cultural difference to think about. Um, one thing I noticed in Germany was, and all my stories will be about Germany. Well, no, I've already told stories about San Francisco. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, is that there was really a sense of um, treating you like an adult. Like... <sighs> There weren't a lot of rules, which is sort of what I associate North American culture with is like lots of, you know, don't go here, don't enter here, don't touch this, don't walk over there, don't like, don't look here, <laughs> and I yeah. don't bring your dog, don't drink. Um, whereas in Europe, it felt like they're like, there was a sign if something would kill you. and mm. But that was it. Other than that, it's basically like, do the right thing. Yeah. I have some family. uh in Luxembourg, so close by. And uh, my cousin puts it really well. He said, you know, in Germany, we get our driver's license when we're six, or sorry, we get our, we can drink when we're 16, but we don't get our driver's license until we're 18. And he said, you have it backwards in Canada because you get your driver's license when you're 16 and you can only drink when you're 18, 19. Right. And in fact, maybe you can even drink younger. I, I, I'm forgetting what the age was. But essentially, you, if you can drink but you can't operate a car, you're less likely to drink and drive because driving is so well regulated through licensing right. that there's less chance for problems. Right. And my mom actually grew up in Italy and she tells me stories of you know, people would just go to bars. That's where you went for food and drink. Mm -hmm. And even if you were young, like when she was in middle school, she would still go to a pub or bar to get a drink, but a drink being lemonade or water or juice. Right. And you, but you were exposed to that and you saw people drinking. Right. It wasn't sort of taboo or some sort of like like, I remember growing up, and you couldn't wait to go to a bar. It's going to be awesome. It was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But but it's such a f- sort of... Yeah, you if just If it was kind just of part know. of your childhood, it wouldn't be a big deal. Yep. And I, I remember when we were having Italian food growing up, we got a teaspoon of wine in our water because <laughs> that's what kids got in Italy. <laughs> so that's what we got. But, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So what's your best travel tips? How do you, what's the best thing to do that works for getting around? 
Um, hmm. You know, everyone has their own methods or their own system that works for them. Mm-hmm. But a fellow teacher once told me, she says, when she's going to the airport and, you know, she could be running through her head, did I pack underwear? Did I pack enough clothes or whatever she just checks does does she have her passport and her credit card because that's what you need if you have those two things you can do the rest so passport and credit card i guess those are my essentials right and uh definitely a travel tip would be you know just go with the flow and make sure you're ready for change because you're going somewhere different right don't expect it to be the same yeah I always laugh when I'm watching um, House Hunters International. Do you ever watch that show? Yeah. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) I love it too. It's how we travel when on a budget. Um, But it always kills me when somebody is like searching for a cheap apartment in France and they're like, but it's so small. It's like, yes. And you were (laughs) expecting like, yeah. How are you even saying that? It's going to be small. Yeah. yeah. I always, it's always so funny. We always try to take guesses about which property they will land up with because yeah. you have to pick from three properties and you pick one. And I feel like I always get it wrong. I have the completely different priorities than the people on that show. Totally. I always <laughs> pick a different one than they would pick to you. Yeah. That's uh, funny. Maybe, maybe we're kidding ourselves. Maybe if it was really us, we would like have actual different prairies than we do when we're sitting on our couch watching that's true when i was going to new york with a friend we had to we booked a place using airbnb so you know picking through other people's homes kind of and we saw a property and it was the fifth floor building we're like that's so high we'll have to climb five stories every night we're not doing that so we picked something that was on the second floor uh, of a building in soho and so we went and we realized on the first night why so many people were advertising that they were high up because the noise is terrible on the streets, oh. even like in the middle of the night. Interesting. So we had to actually move, we moved the mattress from the bed, which was near the window into the living room because <laughs> so we'd be further away from the windows. Well, we realize the higher up you go in New York, the more quiet it is. Interesting. So even if you have to climb five flights of stairs at the end of the day, you're better off. <laughs> How amazing is Airbnb? Mm-hmm. I can definitely see why it's a bit risky in terms of letting people stay in your private property or, you know, renting a private property and then having something go amiss. But both of our experiences with it have been outstanding were you staying um in someone's home or in like a rental property they just put up on airbnb one of each so when we were in munich we stayed in a woman's apartment who she clearly lives there most of the time but i think she travels a lot okay Um, and then the second place we stayed in in berlin and it was uh an investment property for her uh, another woman and they were both really neat and one of the great things about apartments in Europe is a lot of them are on these courtyards. Like yeah. it'll be a big city block and then you go walk into a courtyard where you can't drive. You could ride your bike. But so things are super quiet because it's mm-hmm. not on a street at all, which that's a genius way to build a city. 
we should all build cities like that. Yeah, we were lucky. Our place in Edinburgh was like that. We, you know, you face into a common area, right? So then you have a little bit of green space, and there's a buffer between you and the next home, so you're not, you know, face to face with another apartment. Yeah, it was quite nice that way. Cool. Yeah, is Edinburgh very old? Like anything I've seen of it, looks like it's ancient city in a way. This, yeah, the old part. There's definitely, like, there's a new part, and then there's an old part. And the old walled city, so everything that's within, around the castle, is very old. And then outside of that, there's things from Georgian times. And then beyond that, there's more modern. It's kind of spread, like, any other city with suburbs um, that are more modern. We lived in an area that was post-World War II, so definitely a little more modern, but still pretty old. (laughs) But it's interesting because, you know, living there, we sometimes didn't do all the touristy things, although, you know, we tried because we knew we were only there for a year. But there was a graveyard right by where we lived, and we didn't go there until the very end. And walking through this graveyard, we realized there were Canadian uh, war graves from the Second World War. So that was really cool. And then I went onto the Canadian War Graves Commission website and actually looked into who these people were. And that was really cool. I kind of wow. creeped their descendants a bit, found them on Facebook. But right. It was really cool to be able to put that all together and feel connected to Canada in Scotland. Yeah, that's really neat. I always like running into a little bit of Canada when I'm away from Canada too. We stumbled across the Canadian embassy when we were in Berlin and just accidentally. And it was like, Ah, it was like you like you were home for just a second. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool in London because Canada House is right in the middle of the city. Oh yeah. By the British Museum. Um I forget the name of that square, but I <laughs> I should know it. Is it Trafalgar? It might be Trafalgar. But anyways, it's can it's called Canada House and it's yeah. amazing because every tour bus goes past it and there's every single flag of each province and territory. Oh, neat. And you're like, oh, this is my home, and there's Saskatchewan <laughs> and like Canada, and it's so awesome. They just renovated it. So it's, I, I'm here. It's really cool on the inside. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So when you're traveling, do you prefer to sort of go on the cheap, or are you, would you rather pay for comfort and luxury? Uh, I do. Like, I, I'm not the kind of person who will stay in a tent when I'm traveling. I love camping. I love hiking, but I'm not someone who, when I'm traveling is going to stay in a tent or a big backpackers hostel. So I definitely will pay for the Airbnb or the hot wire deal. If it's a couple dollars more and I'm traveling with someone. Uh, So I definitely believe in paying for like a little more safety, a little more privacy and also, I like being organized about travel. So if I can have a couple nights booked ahead, that gives me peace of mind. You can so. at least catch up on sleep and jet lag in yeah. and not have to find a place to be, right? And, and that was the thing that scared me the most about the Camino because we didn't book ahead for uh-huh. the Camino. So every, night, every day we were planning for the next night and trying to figure out where we were going to stay. And taking the risk that when we got there, they might may or may not have room for us. Wow. 
It only happened once that we went to an albergue, um, to a hostel, and they didn't have room. So then we had to go across the street to a different one. Huh. So fortunately, it was a town where they had more than one. Right. Oh. But uh, yeah, it just I... that that scares me. So I'm the kind of person that has a Google spreadsheet for every trip, <laughs> and I highly recommend that to everyone. It's easy to share with your family; they'll know where you are, and you can keep track of every hotel, every confirmation number, every flight. Every layover. What a great idea. Yeah. I put everything into a Google spreadsheet or multiple spreadsheets. (laughs) (laughs) But I think traveling, I mean, the whole thing about like arriving at a place and they're not being your planned place to stay isn't available for you. I think that traveling is such a good exercise in like letting go of your anxieties. Yeah, you definitely have to be willing to live in the moment and not think too far ahead. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I kind of made the mistake of that. I went to India two summers ago with a group of friends, so the four of us, and we're like, we're going to all backpack. So we each packed a backpack, but we didn't really backpack through India. We hired a guide. We had every day planned with activities Mm. for 20 days. And it was kind of a mistake because we had two days of downtime. And I feel like we were just rushing from site to site to site. And we didn't actually absorb a place. Hmm. So that trip, I think I definitely overplanned. And that was a lesson to me. Right. Not planned. <laughs> we're very uh like under planners to sort of make sure you've got downtime and t- yeah time to absorb a place and really just be part of it not yeah running from one appointment to another sort of <laughs> yeah and you know people had told me beforehand you know you should take the trains in India but I was so nervous and scared about taking trains in yes in that kind of situation because they have such different like class rules and different kinds of cabins so we had a driver and a car and we stayed in four-star hotels the whole time because there were four of us so it was cheap enough to split uh the cost yeah but it was definitely i feel like we skimmed the surface of india without getting into it huh. yeah it's a big country i can't imagine um there there are places in the world where i'm almost like i i wouldn't even know how to scratch the surface of that country like even germany was a little intimidating like there's so many things that we um flew past that we probably will never see now in life because there's just so much Mm -hmm. and India, I mean, even bigger. How do you get a sense of a place that's so big? I guess you, you don't really. You just yeah. think you're gonna bite off a chunk and. Yeah, for sure, and I think that's what you just kind of say. Well, you're gonna go with it, and I've been fortunate. My grandparents live in India, so I've been able to go a few times, um, and I try to just do one or two little things whenever I go. Yeah, and you know, get a, a piece or a sense of it that way. Um, but it, it is very challenging. I have friends whose grandparents live there and they go and they visit just their grandparents. And it's more like, you know, a family trip to see your relatives and that's it. And they don't really get to explore the country, right? which is always 
too bad. Yeah. Um, so have you ever been to a place that was kind of quirky? Have you ever, what's your favorite sort of neat story or, or funny story about a place you've been? Hmm. I'm not sure. Like I always tend to forget about quirks, I would say. I don't know. I feel like it, you just kind of assume it's part of that country. Right. Um, but I will say, I don't think I liked the food in Spain very much, which surprised me. I thought it was going to be all saffron and seafood. But I guess the food in northern Spain is not the same as southern Spain. Huh. So it was a lot of... Uh, chorizo sausage mm -hmm. and bocadillo like bread like dense crusty bread so that was kind of quirky I found I didn't I was not expecting the cuisine to be so dry right. but maybe I just ate at the, all the wrong places so <laughs> that's the other thing is you don't really know <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> I thought it was really cool we went to um uh, one of the coolest things we had there was pulpo which is octopus and it was so rubbery Mm. and it, but it was the delicacy of the region it was what they were proud of so you had to have it in almost every town there was a place that's had pulpo oh, that's interesting <laughs> rubbery octopus tentacles yeah because I've definitely had rubbery octopus before I assumed it was some sort of Canadian mistake because you can like it's also easy to get really nicely done edible octopus or squid but maybe it was just a regional thing, like they were doing northern Spain octopus instead of yeah. southern Greece octopus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I need to try the southern Greek stuff, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a disappointment. <laughs> so what are your uh, secret weapons for packing? What do you always pack? I mean, besides passport and credit card, what are the things that um, that you like to take with you when you travel? Apparently, this is unique to me. A lot of people don't do this, but I always keep American currency hidden somewhere. Ah, I won't ask so, you where. Cause yeah. <laughs> but always like $100, like just I have a $100 US bill and I just tuck that away because huh. I feel like even though America's influence has waned, their money is still accepted everywhere. Right. So that's my like backup reserve. <laughs> Yeah. Do you buy yeah. medical insurance when you travel? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever yeah. had to use it? No, I haven't. No, me neither. I've never had a medical emergency. Yeah, never an emergency. I did have to buy new glasses in Edinburgh. Oh. So that was covered, hmm. which was nice. That is nice. Yeah, and glasses are a bit cheaper there, so I feel like the company won and I won as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I had to get new glasses. Just because I was studying and I guess my eyes were oh, strained. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was disappointed, though, because my massages were not covered. I have I got, like, bad neck pain. Right. So I, here in Saskatoon, my massages are covered by my health care, but they were not covered in Scotland. I find that traveling, like, when I'm traveling by air and sleeping in unusual beds, my, it, my neck takes a beating, mm -hmm. like... It's time to go see a chiropractor. Yeah, I was really, I, my growing up, I always kind of scoffed at the people who carried pillows with them. Yes, we bought one of those this trip. Yeah, those I have been converted. Things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
too funny. But I had to get the ones where it compresses really small because I didn't want to be seen with it. But yeah, I, I've, I'm fully converted. Even for road trips now, I find it's really handy, huh. which I never thought I would be that person. Right. And I would be, my high school self would be embarrassed. Yes. But, but you know, that's part of, I guess, adulthood. I guess it is. Yep. You're getting grown up, so... You realize you can take the embarrassing pillow with you <laughs> and be comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely, I guess, a travel tip or a travel accessory would be my travel pillow. Uh, I really like I, I, my travel pillow is also a hiking pillow, so I can take that with me when, with my sleeping bag. Right, right. It's good. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just reading on the list. Here, you say something about Jackie Chan and underwear. I have to know what that is. (laughs) Oh, yes. So Jackie Chan is, uh, I guess, famous for um, this one principle that he has. And it's that he never travels with more than two pairs of underwear and socks. Because he says you should just wash one pair every night (laughs) and wear the next pair the next day if the other one isn't dry. So you don't need more than two pairs of underwear and two pairs of socks. So I travel with three pairs of underwear (laughs) because I'm not quite that confident. (laughs) But I have found the best travel underwear. It's a brand called uh, Ex Officio. And then for women, bras, I go to Change in Saskatoon. And they have the best travel gear. And you just, um, it's you wash it in the sink and you hang it to dry and it dries overnight. And it's so easy to travel with just three sets of underwear and two pairs of socks. Normally, two is enough for socks because I tend to travel more in hotter climates. Right. Maybe in warmer climates or colder climates, you'd need more. So um, I thought I contemplated this last trip going, um, taking a full, you know, week's worth of underwear and I and just tossing them when I was done, like yeah. getting grocery store underwear, mm-hmm. and tossing them when I was done and not worrying about it. Um, and then if you need, if you run out, just like buy some. We weren't going into the wilds of anywhere. We were in, you know, Berlin. They have underwear yeah. in the stores, but I never really quite uh, executed that plan. <laughs> but I thought, you know, that that would be a good way to save space. You know, if I need to bring back souvenirs instead of underwear. I think I read that about the Backstreet Boys. They do. They did that. Like, I remember, like, this is, like, so much, so old school. But I remember the Backstreet Boys were, like, someone was, like, they never wear the same pair of underwear. <laughs> because they're always traveling, I guess. Or we're always traveling. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I did it um, when we were in Spain. I did it when we were in India. And, yeah, it was really good. Huh. Yeah. I will have to try that. I am going to be traveling soon more for my job. Uh, right. And so uh, I will have to try the Jackie Chan approach to travel with underwear. And the best thing is the hotels that have the hanging line in the shower. Right. So keep an eye out for those because <laughs> you just stretch it across the tub when you're done and you can even wash your underwear while you're in the shower. Right. And then hang it up and it works amazing. Huh. Yeah. And any kind of soap will really work. But Dr. Bronner's, it's this magic liquid soap and if you carry 30 mils of it it'll last you about 10 days it's pretty good that's a good tip yeah 
Dr. Bronner's. Good stuff. Okay. I really think that people need to uh, pack less. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's my goal for my business trips now. They're going to be, you know, usually a week long, and I'm just going to just carry on. And I don't even want to, like, one of those, you know, bordering on too big for carry-ons. I just want a small bag. Mm-hmm. Partly because, you know what? I'm a woman traveling by myself. Sometimes at night, I don't want to be lugging too much stuff. Mm. Yeah, but that's one thing that really I have found I've had to resist uh or like push against a little bit i find that many places i've been i've been told you can't do this because you're a woman Mm. it's always disappointing when that happens and you always have to find a workaround or find someone to go with you or make yourself feel more comfortable i remember when uh we first when i first booked my trip to san francisco by myself um a couple of you know close family members were like is everything okay Okay, like, why are you traveling without your husband? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, everything's fine, but we have little kids and no vacations are going to happen if we're required to travel together. Like, Mm. it was almost a practical thing. Like, I need a vacation. One of us has to stay and take care of the kids. (laughs) So I'm going by myself. He can go by himself on a trip sometime too. We don't have to go together. But yeah, that's interesting. Did he go by himself? Uh, he has had a trip or two to Toronto where his family is on his own. He's not as much into traveling, I think, as I am. I'm more independent, go out and discover a city by myself kind of person. Um, so I'm definitely a big believer in friend trips because I have friends mm. in other cities um, and Chris also has friends in other places. And so we've tried over the last few years to each get to go on a trip with a friend. Nice. That has been really good. Yeah. Because, you know, you just get to hang out with someone different, someone you actually care about, but yeah, just not, you know, your day-to-day partner. Right. Yeah. And then you have different stories to tell them and things to share. So. Yeah. And uh, Mark and I aren't necessarily into going to the same places. Right. Like not all of our trips have to be together Mm -hmm. yeah and it keeps me connected to those friends because then we have joint memories right so my childhood friend when I moved to Saskatoon from Winnipeg in 2001 I felt like we just never talked anymore and then we started doing these trips in 2007 and it's been really good for us to just you know have a week together and you might be in New York or San Francisco or Puerto Vallarta, but you still just talk about life stuff that you don't get to talk about right. on Skype or FaceTime. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So that was really good. Travel with friends, travel tip right there. Totally. Yeah. It's a good way to stay connected. Yeah. And it's also good if you go places where friends live because then you get a free place to stay. Yeah. And they know all the good places to go too. Yeah, I loved having guests in Edinburgh. At first, in the first few months, no one was visiting us. And I kind of was like, oh, man, like we got a two-bedroom place for nothing. No one's going to (laughs) come. But then we had lots of guests, and it was great. Nice. I felt really good towards the end that we were able to welcome so many people. You know what? Something I um, thought of when we were traveling, and I, I think I tweeted about it at one point. It's like, I need... 
somebody who can map a city that I'm in that I've never been to before where I don't know anybody in it to a city I know well. Like, so say I know Toronto quite well. I know where the good restaurants are. I know where the good shopping districts are. I know where the good nightclubs are. I know where the dangerous parts are, maybe. Um, Somebody explain, you know, Munich to me in terms of Toronto. So where is the Queen Street West of of Munich? Where is the... um, Jason oh, Finch so, of Munich. Okay. I mean? So actually put in those definitions based R- on Toronto. Right. Oh. And, and any two cities. So if you know city A well, then you can explain city B in terms of city A. I want okay. An, I want an app that does this for me. <laughs> that would be cool. It would be cool. I, I know, know that there are user-generated sites where you can make a map for someone oh yeah but it's more like you are saying oh i'm making this map for right. carrie so i will put down things that i know carrie will like right and or, you would have to know the target city yes yeah. Well, yeah somebody would have to know both cities well enough to make this information yeah 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 like i i, I know i've given people what like a date i used to live in ottawa so i've mm-hmm. made trips for people in ottawa and i've been like i think you should go to this place start here then go there yeah. You could do this in three days kind of thing. Right. So I've done that for friends, but never something where it's actually an app. So yeah, if there was an app that I could do that through, I could then just send them the link and then I'd have it saved for the next person. Yeah. Or you could share it and anybody could use it. Exactly. Yeah. I found a cool app last year. It's kind of gone defunct now, but it's called, it was called Every Trail. And it was great because you could people could uh, walk places and then just plug in points. Oh, yeah. So it was really neat. I followed a couple in Edinburgh, and people would be like, oh, yeah, I stopped here, learned about its history. This is what's cool about it. This restaurant was really good. And it was really handy just to, like, see what other people had done and kind of walk, literally walk their footsteps right. through the city. That's cool. Yeah, but it's kind of gone to fun now, but there's other options like that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Nothing layered though like that with like one city's, you know, knowing where a city's best ice cream place is that relates right. to your city's best ice cream place. Yeah. That would be cool. Well, there's the, there you go. That can be your next project. Yeah, exactly. In my spare time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wait. Because grownups have so much spare time. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you think is the worst part about being a grown up? Well, I think I was thinking about this and it's two parts for me. I think the best thing about being a grown up is that you, you get to do what you want. Mm-hmm. But I feel the worst thing about being a grown up is that you have to do what everyone else wants as well. What? Yeah, I feel like, you know, you have social responsibilities yeah. and you have responsibilities to the society you live in either through taxes or, you know, through your job. But at the same time, if you want, you can eat what you want for lunch or for breakfast or dinner. And you get more freedom, but I feel like there's also so much more control on your life. (laughs) I never worried about taxes when I was younger. Right, right. But you did worry about what food you're eating. Yeah. Like if you didn't like it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that definitely changes. So is that also your answer for what's the best thing about being a grown-up? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, this was really great. It was good talking with you and hearing more about your 
life and your travels? Yeah, it kind of bounced around. I feel like we didn't stick to like a geographic map, but yeah. uh, I think that's okay. <laughs> totally. We talked about us, which is what yeah. we're here for. And I'm excited to hear about your trips to Portland. And yes, I'm about excited that. about Portland. <laughs> it sounds like a really cool place. It Very is. hipster. <laughs> so I was there for one day uh, to interview with my new company. And um, yeah, it is a neat looking city. I'm very excited about it. So if anybody out there listening has Portland tips for me, other than Voodoo Donuts, which I already know about but haven't been to yet, but well. Voodoo Donuts. Voodoo Donuts. They make wild donuts. Apparently, I was reading today on the internet that when they opened, they had like NyQuil donuts. Oh my gosh. With literal NyQuil. <laughs> Is that legal? You can no, sell, resell they, like NyQuil? They were, made, they were forced to stop making NyQuil donuts, apparently, but but they have like bacon donuts and like ridiculous donuts. So yeah, I'll have to check them out. If you think about it though, that seems like a great vehicle for medicine. It would be the ultimate comfort food when you're sick. Totally. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should like get home recipes for medicine donuts and yeah, make them when we're sick. Hmm. Yeah. It's Mary Poppins full <laughs> of sugar right there. You know, 10 spoonfuls of sugar should make it even better. That's right. <laughs> Uh, all right um can where can people find you on the internet i'm on twitter and instagram at adtgrg and uh, those are the best places to reach me cool Mm -hmm. thanks for being on the show thanks so much for having me it was awesome and that's the episode thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed you can find links to all the things we talked about at goodstuff.fm slash grownups slash 18. You can find us on iTunes where you can subscribe so that you can get new episodes as soon as they come out. And you can also follow me on Twitter at grownups underscore FM. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.